and welcome to the Dunkel Index Podcast. I'm Ben Dunkel, and here with me is a guy who has fans raising money to buy out his contract. That's my dad, Bob Dunkel. <laughs> yes, after the first couple of weeks, I wouldn't blame the fans for wanting uh, me to move on. But we are back for week four, and we've got a full lineup of college football and ready to get at them. So yeah, on today's episode, we've got our 10 games to watch in week four of college football. Um, first, though, is there anything you want to look back and talk about from week three? Well, week three uh, was kind of the wrap up of uh, the non-conference schedule for a lot of teams. Uh, so no major surprises. In fact, uh, we didn't have any ranked teams uh, squaring off against each other last week. So uh, all the big guys uh, went pretty much to form. Uh, this week, though, we get into the conference schedule in a big way, uh, and we've got a couple juicy pairings. So um, looking for a little more volatility uh, in the college football market this weekend, that's for sure. All right. So this weekend, let's get started by looking at a Pac-12 matchup. It's Utah at USC, a team who I feel like we talk about every week. Utah 3-0, number 22 in the index. USC is 2-1, number 29 in the index. Um, Southern California is just one and two against the spread so far this year. And Utah played BYU week one, beat them 30 to 12. USC actually lost to them last week. So what do you think about this matchup here? Yeah, well, you're right about uh, we always seem to focus uh, our attention on USC. It's hard to avert your eyes. Uh, it's kind of like your your program down there in Tallahassee. Uh, you know, when when the the major uh, teams uh, of the past kind of struggle. Uh, you definitely want to pay close attention. That seems to be the case with USC right now. Uh, there's turmoil both on the field and off the field. Uh, athletic director Lynn Swan, a USC great from the past, stepped down as athletic director just before their game uh, against Brigham Young. And then the Trojans go out to Provo and can't hold on to a late lead, end up uh, scoring only three points over the last 11 minutes in both regulation and overtime and lose 30 to 27 uh, for their second loss of the season. Uh, Keaton Slovis, who was filling in for JT Daniels, who went down in the first game of the season with a season-ending injury, and looked really good against Stanford uh, two weeks ago. Did not look so good against Brigham Young. Uh, he did throw for over 280 yards and two TDs, but he also threw three interceptions. So I think uh, showing that uh, the game is probably speeding up a little for him. Uh, Utah, I think the game is just the opposite. It's slowing down. Uh, this Utes team is really good. Kyle Whittingham has Utah uh, 3-0. and for the fifth time in the last six years. So they've been strong out of the gate and they've got one of the best running backs in the nation in Zach Moss. And they love to give him the ball early and often, but they've also got a, a dual threat at quarterback in, in Tyler Huntley. And last week in their 31 to nothing win over Idaho state, Huntley threw for over 280 yards and three TDs. So that's a scary combination. If uh, the youths start doing it through the air, as well as on the ground with Moss. So a couple uh, key trends we see coming into this game. Utah actually has been a very good road team of late. Uh, they're 12-5 and five against the spread in their last 17 road games. The Trojans on the flip side have not done a very good job of uh, protecting the home front. They're just 4-10 and 10 against the spread 
in their last 14 home games. So Friday night in the Coliseum should be a pretty raucous crowd, but we see the Utes able to handle that. Uh, the Vegas line has uh, Utah favored by three and a half. Uh, the Dunkel Index has Utah favored by six. So we see uh, Moss and Huntley combining uh, to carry the Utes to a victory in uh, L.A. All right. Next up, we have another team that lost to BYU this season. That's Tennessee at Florida. Tennessee one and two overall this year, number ninety-eight in the index. Florida is three and zero overall and number ten in the index. Um, UF though is zero and two against the spread. They weren't able to cover the nine and a half uh, against Kentucky last week. The line here is Florida by fourteen. What do you think? Yeah, thank goodness uh, that line got up to nine and a half because uh, Florida ripped off that late touchdown there that almost got them to cover after looking like they weren't even going to win the game early on. Uh, they were trailing Kentucky 21 to 10 late in the third quarter, and their starting quarterback, Felipe Franks, went down with a season ending uh, ankle dislocation. So long term, uh, the implications for that are, are probably pretty serious for the Gators. But the short term is uh, Kyle Trask came in and, and gave the Gator offense a shot in the arm. He was 13 of 18 uh, for 166 yards and, and a TD through the air and sparked them on three scoring drives. So the Gators go into Lexington and avert disaster, come out of there with a 29-21 win. Uh, Tennessee. Very similar to USC, uh, you know, major program, major power of the past that certainly has had its struggles early on. They got a much needed win last week against uh, FCS opponent Chattanooga after starting out 0-2 for the first time since 1988. And junior QB uh, Jared Garantano had a had a good game, uh, three TD passes, but. This Gator game coming up starts a stretch run for the Vols where they've got uh, Georgia, Mississippi State, and Alabama after this. So you want to talk about getting into the heart of the SEC schedule early. A uh, couple key trends here that we see. Tennessee is 0-14 straight up in its last 14 road games. So the Vols, uh, no surprise, uh, they've been struggling at home, but they especially have been struggling on the road. And they're 5-16-1 against the spread in their last 22 games following a win by 20 or more points. So that win over Chattanooga is not necessarily uh, an omen of better things to come. Florida, meanwhile, is 7-0 and straight up in its last seven games against the Vols. So Florida, even uh, with its past struggles, has found a way to beat Tennessee when it needs to. So on this one, uh, the Vegas line is uh, 14. Uh, the Dunkel Index actually has the Florida favored much more comfortably. Uh, we've got it a 25-point margin. So even with Tennessee's big win at Chattan against Chattanooga, uh, we see the tough start to their uh, four-game stretch in the SEC, getting off to a rocky road uh, with another loss in Gainesville. All right. Next up is LSU at Vanderbilt. LSU is 3-0 and overall and against the spread. They're number seven in the index. Vanderbilt 0-2 and 0-2 against the spread. They're number 79 or 69 in the index. Um, LSU has looked really strong here uh, so far early in the year, and the line is LSU by 24. What do you think? Yeah, no doubt very strong. Uh 
we're going to be talking a little bit about Michigan uh, later. And, uh, you know, Michigan has put a spread offense into place and it has not worked out so well. LSU, though, uh, same thing, opened up the offense, uh, put in a spread formation, and it has unleashed quarterback Joe Burrow in a big way. Burrow has taken to this very well and continued that last week against Northwestern State, albeit an, an FCS team. And they actually started out kind of sluggish, but when they kicked it into gear, uh, they rolled to a 65-14 win. Burrow was 21 of 24 uh, for 373 yards and two TDs. And on the season now has completed an unbelievable 83.3% of his passes for over 1,000 yards and 11 TDs. So uh, put Joe Burrow uh, in the in the conversation for the Heisman. He's getting a lot of, of looks early on. The Commodores are coming off of a bye week, and it was needed. They've had a tough first two games. Uh, no patsies for, for Vanderbilt. Uh, they started out of the gate with Georgia, and then they played Purdue. And uh, two losses there, and, and they've really struggled. Although quarterback Riley Neal did improve after week one uh, against the Boilermakers. He had uh, almost 400 yards passing and two touchdowns. But one of the troubling uh, signs for Derek Mason's team is in fact, they had 13 penalties for 100 yards against uh, Purdue, and they are now the most penalized team in, in FBS. So hopefully for Vanderbilt, they got that cleaned up uh, for the bye week, during the bye week. And uh, looking ahead at this game, uh, LSU is actually 0-4 against the spread in its last four games versus a team with a losing record. So the Tigers tend to play down to the competition. Uh, when they can take a little bit of a breather. And Vanderbilt is 6-2-1 uh, and one against the spread in its last nine games coming off of a bye week. So they have used the week off to their advantage. No doubt LSU comes out of this one with a win. But in Nashville, uh, the Dunkel Index sees 24 being a little high. We've got this more in the 20 to 21 point range. So we are taking Vanderbilt plus the points. Sounds good. Next up is Michigan at Wisconsin. Michigan is 2-0 overall, number 24 in the index. Wisconsin also 2-0 overall, number 16 in the index. Uh, Michigan, however, is 0-2 against the spread coming off that very close win against Army. Um, Wisconsin is 2-0 uh, against the spread this year, and they've won all their games pretty big so far. So the line here is Wisconsin by three. What do you think? Yeah, pretty big so far is maybe the understatement of the day. Uh, Wisconsin's beaten South Florida and Central Michigan by a combined 110 to nothing. So it uh, can't get much better than that. Um, but granted, those those two teams are, are not Michigan. This game feels a little early. It's still warm outside. I almost think this is more of a November game when, when the snow is coming down. But uh, no doubt, it's a great way to kick off the Big Ten schedule. So, as we said, the, the Badgers have have really been rolling. Jonathan Taylor, their All America running back, uh, is off to another Heisman caliber season, uh, and they got a shot in the arm in their most recent game against Central Miss Michigan with the return of Quintez Cephas, who uh, broke his leg two years ago, midway through the season, and then had to sit out last year with uh, some legal troubles, but uh, he's back and quarterback uh, Jack Cohn 
uh, was able to hit him six times uh, against the Chippewas for 130 yards and two TDs. So, boy, if the Badgers can do it on the ground and in the air, uh, they look to be very, very dangerous. Uh, right now, Michigan is struggling to do it either way. Uh, they had a bye week, much like the Commodores, and they needed it. Uh, when last we left them, they were barely hanging on against the Black Knights of Army. Uh, birded disaster at home in overtime, able to come out of there with a 24-21 win. But uh, boy, that would have really uh, upset the Wolverine Nation if uh, the shades of Appalachian State from years past, if, if Army had been able to pull off that upset. Uh, one silver lining uh, that came besides the win that came out of that game was uh, the emergence of Zach, uh, Zach Charbonneau uh, as uh, kind of a workhorse running back for them. Uh, freshman had over 100 yards with three TDs on 33 carries. So he was carrying the load, but this offense uh, that Josh Gaddis was supposed to build around quarterback Shea Patterson uh, just really hasn't taken off just yet. So Difficult situation for the Wolverines going into Madison. They've uh, they've been just one and six against the spread in their last seven road games. So uh, even away from the big house, they've had their troubles. And Wisconsin is five and zero oh against the spread in their last five home games versus Michigan. So this doesn't look to be falling uh, at the right time on the calendar for Michigan right now. Vegas line has Wisconsin favored by three. The Dunkel Index sees Wisconsin being more of a six to seven point favorite. So we are taking the Badgers and Jonathan Taylor to continue their dominance against the Wolverines at Camp Randall. All right. Next up is another big early season matchup. It's Auburn at Texas A&M. Auburn's 3-0 overall, number 14 in the index. Texas A&M is 2-1 overall, number 13 in the index. And uh, Auburn so far this season is 3-0 against the spread. A&M is also 3-0 against the spread, despite their loss to Clemson in Week 2. And I think somewhat surprisingly here, the line is Texas A&M by 4. What do you think? Yeah, uh, well, both teams use week three to their fullest advantage. Uh, they had tune-up games uh, against uh, lower-rated teams, and both of them rolled big. Uh, Auburn uh, had Kent State, and they come out of there with a 55-16 win. Uh, key for, for them was able uh, their ability to focus a little more on their running game. Uh, they got Jatarvis uh, Whitlow's uh, game going in a big way. He came out of there with 135 rushing yards and two TDs. Uh, overall, the Tigers rolled up 467 yards on the ground. So when Gus Malzahn has his running game going, good things tend to happen uh, down in Auburn. For A&M, uh, you know, as you mentioned, Ben, coming off that Disappointing performance against Clemson. Uh, the Aggies never really got the offense going against that tough Tiger D. And again, um, we're able to get, kind of get back into into gear against Lamar with a 62-3 to win. And they answered a big question in who was going to be able to fill in for Jayshon Corbin, who went down with a season-ending injury. Uh, looks like freshman Isaiah Spiller. Uh, will be getting most of the carries, and he did a good job against Lamar. He had 116 yards on the ground and two two TDs. So 
On this one, I, I'm with you. I think the line looks a little high here with A&M favored by four, um, especially when you look at uh, the trend between these two teams in the past where the road team has been six uh, and one in the last seven games between the two teams. So the index sees this as a low scoring affair. Uh, we definitely have the under on this one as well. And uh Auburn, with its ground game, is able to chew up both yards and clock, and we'll keep this one close. Uh, the Dunkel margin is only one point, so we're taking Auburn plus the four. This next game could be <laughs> a uh, sort of test uh, to see uh, what you think here. But Louisville at Florida State. So Louisville, 2-1 and one overall, number 106 in the index. Florida State, 1-2 and two overall, number 74 in the index. Louisville is 3-0 and against the spread so far this year, and FSU, depending on what line you had last week, is either 1-2 and or 0-2-1 against the spread. Uh, they got a push at some places with the seven-point loss to UVA. The line here is, I don't know how, Florida State by 6.5. You can't possibly be thinking Florida <laughs> State, can you? Well, first off, you didn't think I'd let you get away this week without having Florida State on the agenda again, right? It's 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 a, a weekly thing for us now. We've got to look at the Knolls and, you know, much like USC and Michigan, this is a powerhouse uh, program that is definitely having its struggles. If only Tagger could find a way to play three-quarter games, I think FSU might even be ranked right now. But unfortunately for the Knowles, uh, football is still a four-quarter game. And once again, against UVA, the fourth quarter came up and, and bit them. I don't even think there was humidity issues there in uh, Charlottesville that night. But they let a 17-10 to 10 lead at the end of the third quarter, slip away, and they lose to the Cavaliers 31-24. Overall now, the Knolls have been outscored in the fourth quarter 52-21. to 21. So uh, definitely something that Florida State needs to clean up. Uh, Louisville, feeling good, 2-1 and one after last year's disastrous campaign. Uh, the wins aren't necessarily notable eastern kentucky and fcs program and then western kentucky which is definitely a lower rated fbs program right now but hey uh after last year uh, the cardinals very much uh will take those wins uh the latter came uh even though starting quarterback juan pass uh couldn't play uh, he took a pass uh, and was out with a foot foot injury uh, so they inserted malik cunningham in there and cunningham responded by going 7 of 10 for 114 yards and two TDs in the first half of the win against uh, Western Kentucky. So no doubt Louisville comes in feeling much better about itself. Still a lot of question marks uh, around Florida State, but this is the Cardinals' first road game uh, of the season. And even against a desperate FSU team, uh, we see them having a little bit of trouble here, especially given that Louisville is just one and six against the spread in its last seven games. So get ready, Ben. We're taking the Knolls minus the six and a half. Don't let me down. Don't let me down. Go down uh, there and give them a pep talk. I'm going to close my eyes and not watch this weekend. <laughs> I was going to say, I think, I think we're at the point now we're not watching maybe our only solution. So the only. 
We'll keep our fingers crossed on this one. I'm certainly not going to give my kids hard-earned money to the school in an effort to buy them out. That was just crazy. I know. Yes. No, I I, I don't know what's going down, down, on down there in Tallahassee. But uh, again, they're not alone. We've, as we've seen with, with special USC and, and, and somewhat with Michigan, um, you know, some of these programs are struggling right now. Um, so Louisville looks to be a program that can get Florida State back on the right track, but we'll see. Buy that kid a PlayStation. <laughs> <laughs> when in doubt, more video games. All right. Next up is a matchup that looks pretty interesting on paper. It's Oklahoma State at Texas. Oklahoma State is three and zero overall this year, number twenty nine in the index. Texas is two and one overall, number eleven in the index. And uh, Texas bounced back uh, with a big win over Rice last week. They're two and one against the spread now this year. Uh, the line here is Texas by five. What do you think? Well, yeah, this is the Big 12's uh, version of the Wisconsin-Michigan game. This is uh, their kickoff to their conference schedule. And, and boy, this, this is a great matchup right out of the box. Oklahoma State uh, has looked very good uh, early on. Uh, last week against Tulsa, uh, the Golden Hurricane really focused on clamping down on Tylen Wallace, their All-America receiver. So what do the Cowboys do? Well, Mike Gundy you know, unleashes Chuba Hubbard and Hubbard has 256 yards on the ground and three TDs, including uh, TD runs of 75 and 30 yards in the first four minutes of the game. So take that strategy, Golden Hurricane. Um, It was Hubbard's second 200-yard game of the season. He had 227 earlier in the year against Oregon State. But a little bit of a uh, dark cloud Hanging over is the play of freshman QB Spencer Sanders. He's had his struggles throwing the ball, had only 43 yards uh, passing in the first half. So that doesn't look to bode well for the Cowboys coming into this one. No such problems in Austin. Uh, Even with the loss to LSU, uh, quarterback Sam Ellinger has played really, really well. And he looked good again last week in their tune-up against Rice. That was a good bounce-back win, and always good to have the Rice Owls on your schedule when you need a bounce-back win. Uh, He threw for, uh, Ellinger threw for 280 yards and three TDs, Uh, but maybe more importantly for the Longhorns, uh, Keontae Ingram uh, bounced back at running back after a really disappointing 29-yard effort against LSU. He had 74 yards on the ground and two TDs. So, Couple things that we're watching coming into this one: Oklahoma State, just three and seven against the spread in their last ten games after passing for less than 170 yards. So as we said, Sanders' struggles do not bode well uh, here. And Texas is uh, eight two and one against the spread in their last eleven games after passing for more than 280 yards. So I think this one comes down to. Uh, Veteran leadership at quarterback. Ellinger is in a groove right now. Sanders is not, even with Chuba Hubbard uh, sparkling on the ground. Uh, We think Texas uh, is going to cover this one. The Vegas line has Texas favored by five. It's actually been slipping, uh, heading Oklahoma State's way. Uh, We are staying firm. Uh, The Dunkel index margin is eight and a half points. So 
unlike the LSU game where uh, the Tigers came in, in into Austin and came out with a victory, we think uh, the Longhorns are going to be able to handle the Cowboys and cover the five points. All right. And we're getting down to it now. Next up is Notre Dame at Georgia. Notre Dame is 2-0 and overall, number 18 in the index. UGA is 3-0 and overall, number 5 in the index. So far this season, Notre Dame is 1-1 against the spread, while UGA is 2-1 against the spread. And they look like one of the best teams in the country so far. The line here is Georgia by 14. What do you think? Yeah, and and moving up, uh, the line opened at Georgia by ten and a half, and has zoomed up to fourteen. Uh, people are definitely believing that between the hedges, the Bulldogs have a significant advantage here. Notre Dame, no doubt, uh, used last week's warm up game against New Mexico uh, to its fullest. Uh, Ian Book threw for career high five touchdowns, even while sitting out the last uh, quarter and a half in a 66-14 to 14 route, and Notre Dame's defense stepped up with uh, three INTs, including a, a pick six. So Brian Kelly's team uh, feeling better. They, they struggled in their opener a little bit against Louisville, so they, they worked a lot of things out last week and feel good coming into this one. But as you said, Ben, this Bulldogs team looks like one of the best teams in the nation. Uh, they rolled to a 55 to nothing win over Arkansas State and through its first three games has now outscored the opposition 148 to 23. Quarterback Jake Fromm continues to improve and he threw for 280 yards and three TDs uh, in the win over the Red Wolves. Notre Dame has uh, struggled on the road. Uh, they're just three and seven against the spread in their last 10 road games. Uh, against teams with a winning record. And Georgia, on the flip side, is 15-5 and five against the spread in its last 20 games following a win by more than 20 points. So they tend to use these two tune-up games to really get rolling. And then they're 11-4 and four against the spread in their last 15 versus a team against a winning record. So Kirby Smart's team also knows how to get up for big games with the possible exception being Alabama, but we'll, we'll certainly talk about that down the road when those two teams meet undoubtedly uh, in the SEC championship. Uh, this is the marquee game of the week. Uh, the only big non-conference matchup uh, of the week. Uh, it's the eight o'clock game. And even with Georgia, a hefty 14 point favorite, the Dunkel Index has the Bulldogs margin more like 20 to 21 points. So we believe the dogs will roll on Saturday night down there in Sanford Stadium and uh, cover the 14 with uh, with some room to spare against the Fighting Irish. All right, sounds good. And next up is Colorado at Arizona State. Colorado is 2-1 and one overall this year, number 72 in the index. Arizona State is 3-0 and oh overall, number 51 in the index. Um, but Colorado is just two and one against the spread last uh, now because they lost uh, straight up to Air Force last week as three point favorites. Uh, can they bounce back? This one is Arizona State by eight. Well, can I channel Herm Edwards for for a second and say you play to win the game, and that's what Herm Edwards did last week for Arizona State. I mean, they went into Michigan State. Uh, we're a fairly uh, big underdog and 
went toe to toe in a defensive struggle, uh, which is very unlike a Pac-12 team, which usually needs to put up at least 40 points to win. Um, they only put up 10, but that was enough for the Sun Devils to come away with a 10-7 win over Michigan State. That was aided in the end uh, when uh, the Spartans got called for too many men on the field uh, during their game-time field goal. So Arizona State 3-0 and under Coach Herm Edwards, uh, and he's done a great job since coming back to coaching there. And they uh, continue their streak. It's the longest streak in, in FBS of 137 straight games of scoring at least seven points. So they return home against a Buffaloes team, which seems to like to dig itself pretty deep holes. Last two weeks, they've uh, faced double-digit deficits. Uh, two weeks ago, uh, they came back and stunned Nebraska at home. Uh, and then, as you said, Ben, last week against Air Force, uh, they were down 13 in the fourth quarter came back to tie it, but there was no Buffalo magic last week as they, they fell 30-23 to 23 to the Falcons in overtime. A couple things we're looking at here. Colorado is 4-1 and one straight up in its last five September games, uh, that blemish being last week against Air Force. Uh, Arizona State just 1-4 uh, protecting the home front uh, against the spread in their last five home games. So Vegas has this, uh, the Sun Devils favored by eight. But the resilience of the Buffaloes, especially facing double-digit deficits, is impressive. Uh, We've got this game closer to a a three-and-a-half point line, so we are taking Colorado plus the eight. Thank you. All right. And last up is another team that, besides Florida State, we just keep beating to death. That's UCLA, 0-3 overall at Washington State. They're 3-0 overall. UCLA is now... 0-3 against the spread this year. The line in this one is Washington State by 18.5. What do you think? Yeah, I I don't know if you want to watch this one, and it it may not just be for superstition reasons. UCLA is just a train wreck. Uh, We, of course, uh, had our neck out last week, figuring 24 points at home was enough for the Bruins to at least cover against Oklahoma. Oh, what a foolish thought that was, uh, especially the way Jalen Hurts is playing. And Hurts uh, looked like he was going up against a Pop Warner football team. Uh, UCLA's defense allowed 611 yards, and Hurts accounted for 439 of them, all by his lonesome self. Could have been one against 11, and uh, I think Hurts still would have found a way to not only win, but cover the spread on that one. Um, he became the first uh, Sooner quarterback to throw for 200 yards and rush for 100 yards in just the first half. So the Sooners really had their way. And, and once again, Chip Kelly's team finds a new way to just really look bad. Three and 12 now straight up in Kelly's tenure there at UCLA. Cougars uh, having no trouble at all under Mike Leach, uh, either defensively, but especially offensively. Uh, The air raid continues unabated. Uh, Quarterback Anthony Gordon had his third straight 400-plus yard performance as uh, the Cougars went on the road and and played a tricky tricky weeknight game against Houston and came out of that with a 31-24 win. Uh, They go back to Pullman this week. Uh, They face UCLA, which is 0-5 against the spread in its last 
five games following a double-digit loss at home. So even uh, bad losses at home don't seem to shake the Bruins up. And uh, Washington State is 12-3 and against the spread in its last 15 home games. So they like to turn on the heat in front of the home crowd. As you mentioned, this is an 18-and-a-half-point line. Uh, we've got this closer to a 22-point game. So we like the Cougars to win and win big. I'd like to know the odds on Chip Kelly surviving uh, if they lose this game. Uh, yeah, I think, you know, it's much like Taggart. It's it's a tough situation when you're in a position to buy out these, these hefty contracts. But no doubt uh, this is a program that has fallen, fallen far. Between UCLA and USC right now, not a qual- lot of quality football in the, in the Los Angeles area. So... Yeah, we'll have to continue to watch. It, it, it just amazes me that just a few years ago, uh, Kelly had the Oregon Ducks playing for a national championship. Uh, since that time, I don't know what's happened. Either defenses have figured him out or he's lost the magic, but does not seem to be the same coach that we, we saw uh, back, in, back in the days in Eugene. Those uh, bright yellow jerseys were some sort of recruiting tool that he doesn't have anymore. <laughs> That's a good, yes, yeah, they, uh, they, they definitely were blurs, no doubt. He had a lot of speed on those teams, and uh, those, those jerseys did stand out. So, I don't know, he's got pretty bright jerseys there in UCLA, too, that powder blue. But it, it, The it swoosh isn't more, quite as noticeable. I was going to say, it, it must be more than the jersey after all. All right, well, that brings us to the end of our 10 teams to talk about. So uh, anything else you want to say before we sign off? No, I love this weekend's uh, schedule, uh, especially, as we said, getting into the conference play where it uh, really starts to get interesting. And, uh, you know, I'm definitely going to be watching that Michigan-Wisconsin game as well as the Oklahoma State-Texas and then uh, cap it off with Notre Dame-Georgia. So good football lineup, lots of lots of good football to be watching this weekend. And, uh, you know, Appreciate everybody uh, listening in and to get all our picks uh, for both the FBS and FCS, go visit our website at dunkleindex.com. And uh, you can also get our pro picks and our CFL picks for this weekend. So football galore. Yep. Busy time of the year. Busy time of the year. Absolutely. And hoops is right around the corner. By the way, we've got the WNBA semifinals tonight. Uh, We've got the Mystics, Ben. They bounced back. They they won, but they didn't cover the spread the other night against the Aces. So we 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 like the Mystics. Yeah, I was surprised about that one. I was too. Very surprised. Well, I don't know. It, playoffs, you know, as we see in the NBA, I don't think the WNBA is any different. Playoffs are different basketball. Uh, in a so. four thousand seat gym, though, you would think the home court advantage would be a little bigger. Yes, that's a good point. Well, I look for them to to win with a little more uh, margin to spare tonight. No doubt. Cool. All right. Well, uh, yeah, I'll let you go. So uh, thank you. Thanks, Ben. Talk to you next week. All right. See ya.